Hello and welcome to the Total Football Podcast. In this episode, we are doing a match review. And today I'm also joined with three wonderful guests. I'm joined with Alex. Alex, nice to have you here. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. I'm also joined with Edo. Hey, Akim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And last but not least, I'm also joined with Matt. How are you, Matt? Hello, Akiv. I am good. I'm happy to be here. You're not as, as excited as last time, Matt. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, before we get started, we're just going to do a quick one-minute news. Boom. Anyways, uh, Eric Garcia has now joined Barcelona from Manchester City on a free transfer. He will leave this summer and join on a five-year contract. That is expected. Um, great transfer for Barcelona. Great deal. And wish him all the best. Uh, from Bayern, Eric Maxim Tripomoting is uh, possibly on the verge of signing a new contract. Bayern are happy with his progress. And yeah, he's a great second striker, no doubt. And last but not least, yesterday Joachim Love has stated in the statement that both Mats Hummels Jean Boateng can come back, as well as the almighty Thomas Muller. They will all be welcomed back to the national team for the Euros, but the decision will be taken in May. So it's not final 100%. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, moving on to the Bundesliga. Matt, I know you watched Bayern versus Kern. How was that game? Tell me about it. Yes, yes. Bayern are back to winning ways in the league uh, with a 5-1 yeah. win over Cologne. Um, yep. the, hot, the Bayern were led 2-0 at the break with uh, Chupomoting, as you mentioned, he's doing a good job as a second striker, and Robert Lewandowski, both taking their chances. Um, yep. In the second half, Cologne pulled one uh, back in three minutes, uh, straight, straight away, and Schirke, yep. he lifted it uh, very nicely, he chipped Neuer in a very nice way. Um Things got tense and Bayern got a bit stressed. However, they resolved that tension and when Lewandowski got his second. Uh, and yeah, before a mistake by Neuer, who is known for being a very kind of... Uh, is inspirational keeper, you know, being very attack, uh, being very forward and very kind of risky. And yeah. he nearly got caught out by the visitors, but fortunately for the Bavarians, Drexler hit the post. Then Serge Nabry came on, came on the field and got a doppelpack, and it was his first time ever in his career which in which he came on the, onto the pitch and scored a brace. And yeah, um, linking it back to our previous podcast, uh, which we I'd like to invite ev to anyone who hasn't listened to it um that kind of mm -hmm. having the amount of caliber and amount of personnel uh, for Bayern on that bench was immense you know Kingsley Coman was there Thomas Miller as well who assisted um Lewandowski with his uh, second goal straight away his first touch he assisted Lewandowski and that having that amount of uh, people and amount of squad depth is is crucial in today's game. Now, uh, position-wise, Bayern go two points clear of RB Leipzig and are at the top of the table. I've, I assume Flick will be hoping Bayern can build some momentum of this victory as they look yep. to uh, 
to uh, as they look to face Borussia Dortmund next week in the Classica. Um, as for Cologne, they're still three points clear of the drop zone, but with the teams below losing, also losing their games. And next up for them is Werder Bremen. So hopefully they get some points. The, the player that was astonishing in that game was Leon Goretzka. He had three amazing assists and his past success rate was 87%. So he bossed it in midfield and yeah, amazing performance from the, the variants. Absolutely. Bayern is back to winning ways. I think it's one of the few games that has... Um... But well, can produce a lot more motivation for the for the for the the classica, indeed. Um, Lewandowski as well. It's always as sharp as always. Greatest striker of all time at Bayern. Soon, we maybe we'll find out at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, linking back to Bayern being two points ahead of Leipzig. Leipzig played ball so much in Gladbach. Um, it was a three-two for RB Leipzig. A great comeback. Um, Upamecano unfortunately did give a penalty away in the sixth minute. Uh, which led Hoffman to score. Um, questions could raise over to Goleski whether you could save it or not, but doesn't matter. Um, and then Borussia Mönchengladbach were playing three at the back. And whenever they play three at the back, they allow more attacking options up front. Um, and they definitely took the lead at halftime 2-0. And maybe we're all thinking that this could be an easy win for Gladbach. They dominated the game. They got, they got the most chances. They're playing three at the back. We know how strong they are. Let them go on and, and, and boss the game. You know, Marco Rosa is always, always scared about his defence, moves to a four at the back, doesn't allow him more attacking opportunities. You know, when you play four at the back, you know, Borussia Mönchengladbach caused him a lot more mistakes. And then led to, obviously, Leipzig making a comeback. Um, Nkunku being the first player, then Paulson and Sorloth. Um And if I really link it back to the Champions League performances from both teams, I think the, the outcome you can say is Leipzig will have to play with a striker uh, if they want to progress in the league as well as in the Champions League. And Gladbach need to be more, a bit more confident and stop playing four of the back because they're limiting creativity up front. Talking about creativity, Matt, I know you also watched Schalke versus Stuttgart. It was a poor result for Schalke as always. It's not, it's not really a surprise. It's been going on for the whole season. Schalke obviously recently sacked last manager. They sacked numbers of managers, sporting directors, assistant coaches. Almost, you can say, six, seven personnel have been sacked as well in the team. Talk to me about Schalke's situation and do you think that maybe they can escape relegation? Um, whether they can escape relegation, I think, unfortunately for Schalke, I think the, the amount of kind of times... Things got kind of lucky. They how they got lucky. I I think it's about time that they get punished, and there's no kind of escape from that. Um, from from the fate of being relegated, uh, Stuttgart again playing some very attacking football and uh, having a high scoring kind of goals galore game. I think yeah, the, it was a very interesting game to watch. Absolutely. Schalke are definitely bottom of the table, if you didn't know, with nine points. Only one win. Um, but um, there are questions raised whether you know this Schalke team could possibly be, even even be relegated in, in, in Bundesliga 2. You know? There's a lot more Bundesliga 2 teams that could be better than Schalke. 
they did sign good players on the transfer market, Kolasinic and um, Mustafi, but it doesn't seem to be working. Um, so, yeah. Just going to move on to Premier League now. Um, I know nobody here watched the games and, you know, we had a bit of technical difficulties over the weekend over uh, our side by watching the games. But um, Leicester Arsenal was also a great game, 3-1. Um, great win for Arsenal as well. Puts, you know, puts them uh, in the race for Europa League if they can obviously gain that spot. Um, for Leicester, I think, you know, after their exit from the Europa League, it definitely has uh, put a lot more... Uh, less hope um, in, in maybe um, gaining that Champions League spot. We don't know. We'll see that very soon. Um, Manchester City versus West Ham. Man City continue their streak on 20 games. It's an incredible streak. Uh, like Edo mentioned in the last episode on our Champions League special, Man City are incredibly the best team in Europe right now. Their squad depth is immense, like Matt said as well. Uh, and Chelsea and Manchester United was nil-nil. Um disappointing result for mainly Man United um, but you know I mean Man United are known for not performing very well in the in the um, biggest games um, but Matt and Edo I know I'm not sure who's going to take over but I know you guys watch Eredivisie any news in that sort of um, league Edo? Yeah um, we had two big games in the Eredivisie that was PSV against Ajax yep. and the later game AZ Alkmaar against Feyenoord. So PSV against Ajax, 1-1 draw, you know, against two of the giants of Dutch football. Uh, Zahavi continues to keep up his amazing form, but unfortunately his goal was cancelled. That's how you say, cancelled yep. by the 92nd minute equaliser yep. from a penalty by Dusan Tadic. On the other side, we had a very interesting game between AZ and Feyenoord. Boadu scored a hat-trick and AZ won 4-2. Yeah. Um, a very good performance from AZ and that puts them at third in the league. Definitely. I think it is quite interesting league, if you say. Um, I think it's quite exciting as well with a lot of young players in there. Uh, like as I mentioned as well, great game. So I would recommend watching it with if you have time for that. Um just moving on to La Liga quickly. Uh, Barcelona are now five points behind Atletico Madrid. Um, Real Madrid are also six points behind Atletico Madrid as well. So it could be a potential good race in La Liga if Atletico Madrid drop more points. Um, but let's move on to Serie A. Uh, and we're going to start off with Inter and Genoa. Matt, I'm going to go to you again. Inter and Genoa. Talk to me about uh, Inter Genoa and, you know, how much of an important game this is for Inter, especially in the title race. Yeah, certainly it is for Inter's point of view. Obviously, they're trying to defend that top spot in the Serie A uh, title race. Obviously, Milan uh, had a more a tougher opponent than Inter, but we're going to move on to that later on. But yeah, that link-up between Romelu Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez again. That partnership um, is doing wonders. And yeah, I think I think it was an important win in the Serie A title race for Inter extending that lead, you know. And yeah. Yeah. 
Do you think, Matt, that Inter could go on and win this Serie A? You know, just you know, we have to consider they won against Lazio, they won against Milan in the Coppa Italia. Um, I'm not sure if they played the second leg or not, but they have gained so much motivation in these last few games. Did you see them winning the Serie A? No, um, points wise, I think Inter are pretty comfortable. I think the only challenger, um, the only two challenges for for Inter are. Milan, who are kind of four points away from them. And I would never kind of write off yep. Juventus, you know. They always just find a way to somehow pull it off. We'll see. Obviously, with one game in hand as well. And, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it, you can't, you can never write off Juventus's class and kind of good performances. Maybe they'll come later on. And, yeah, maybe they'll be able. But I think... Inter has now a really comfortable position, and yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're not in any European competition either, um, so that's also a huge benefit for Inter when Juve or Milan when they play their European games. It's definitely an advantage for Inter that they have more break than than the other teams. Mm-hmm. Edda, talking about Milan, I know Milan and Roma play. Just talk to me about that game and, and what happened. Well, that game was action-packed and I really feel bad for anyone that missed that game. Yeah. Especially for neutral viewers, it would have been amazing to watch. Um, Starting off the first 10-15 minutes, really, really poor football from Roma. Yeah. Which led to Milan having many, many chances. You know, the start Milan already had two disallowed goals. You know, they had so many chances at the start and couldn't score. Then Roma managed to, you know, get a grip on the game and... We managed to score a goal as well, although that was disallowed as well, which makes the goals disallowed three. Yeah. And towards the end of the half, a penalty was given for AC Milan. Yeah. Um, really questionable decision from the referee. Yeah. Uh, as Fats stepped on Calabria's foot right at the edge of the box, I think the call could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, as a free kick or as a penalty. And then Kessie, you know, converted the penalty and it was 1-0 to Milan. Second half, Roma... Woke up, Beretou managed to score an amazing goal. And now he is the French midfielder, the first French midfielder after Platini to score 10 plus goals in a Serie A season, which is a really great achievement. Um, obviously, Beretou scored the goal. And then Rebic replied himself with another fantastic goal, you know, a fantastic finish by Rebic. He really seemed to want the goal. Yeah. And he, he did get it. And from then, Milan subbed off, you know, they subbed off Rebic, they subbed off Ibrahimovic, they subbed off Chalanoglu. And the players that they subbed on, you know, Kronic, Meite, Castillejo, they weren't top quality players. So that meant that Roma, we could push, you know, put the pressure on. Mm-hmm. And that meant that we had a lot of chances and unfortunately we couldn't capitalise and get the equaliser. Um, definitely, I think it was a really in- exciting game. Uh, but sorry, Karen, is there anything you else want to add? Uh, I just had, That's it. I I just mean, had one question for Edder. Go on, Alex. I saw a stat where Roma, against the top six teams in Serie A, um, out of 24 possible points, they only got three. So do you think, um, like, why do you think Roma struggles so much against these, these top teams? Well, that's really interesting, you know, because in the past seasons, we haven't done as, as bad against the big teams. 
but we did lose a lot of points against the smaller teams. Whereas this season, the only points I can remember losing against small teams is is that draw to Benevento, which came recently. And apart from that, I don't think we have lost any. So it's really interesting how, you know, kind of it's switched up. You know, we're doing worse against the big teams and we're doing better against the small teams. But certainly something we have to work on and improve. Absolutely. Edo, are you confident that Roma can grab a Champions League spot? I think the table right now is really tight. Um, obviously, we have to face Napoli, Atalanta, yeah. even Inter. And I think, as I said, if we manage to grab the maximum points from these smaller teams, then I think we can really give Champions League qualification a shot. Definitely. I think, you know, Europe League is also another way for you to grab that Champions League spot if you miss out on the CDR. Um Never put mm-hmm. your hands down for Roma. I think they're definitely a strong team. I think you perform on the day and, and your performance as well just, you know, tells you what a team you are, uh, no doubt. Alex, I want to move on to Juventus. Um, it was a 1-1 draw with Hellas Verona. Talk to me about the game and what went wrong and, yeah, the good sides as well. Well, another disappointing result for us in such a crucial moment. Mm-hmm. And... Um... I think it was just the um, the injuries, the biggest factor, you know. I don't want to give that, I don't want that to be the excuse, but seeing that we have six yeah. or six key players out, it was, it's hard to play the way you want to play. And bringing nine um, youth players as well, it just shows how we can't yeah. find our rhythm, our flow. And yeah, that game... Um, we just we were just too static throughout the whole game. We didn't cause any problems to Verona, maybe two or three mm-hmm. times across the whole game. And um, yeah, it's just it's always the same players performing Chiesa and Delict at the back. And other other than that, it's it's all the same really this season. I mean, Alex, we've talked about Juventus a lot. Uh, in this podcast and I think Juventus as a general is a, it's an interesting topic because you know we talk about that midfield it's too static there's no intensity being played yeah. out in that midfield you know you look at Rabiot is, there's a lot of questions whether is he an attacking player or more defensive player he doesn't set mm. any of these tones do you think the midfield is the main problem because if I think that the midfield sets the intensity sets the pressing tone you know it's the main it's the first line for any attack that's coming towards you, in my opinion. You know, the midfield is the first place to step in. And the midfielders are also the first players to step in for the attack. So, you know, if your midfield isn't doing either of that, you're not going to score and you might also concede. Do you agree yeah, with me, Yeah, Alex? definitely. I think, yeah, they they just seem, they just, they just, um, I don't know even how, I don't even know how to explain it. They just walk around the pitch, you know, they try to find spaces and key passes, but it's just, just not working. Yeah. I think we're missing Arthur in the middle there is the key problem to the whole team because he makes everything work. Um, Alex, a uh, question to you now. Uh, in the past five games, Juventus have only won one of them. Obviously, that's um, uh, including all the competitions because the Porto game. 
And yeah, mm-hmm. since after that Roma game, the results have been really patchy. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only good game was probably the 3 0 win against Crotona. Do you think that, that form will continue for how long? If so, um, we have Spezia tomorrow, and I think Pirlo needs to give more confidence to the youngsters. We have so many talents we, we're not using right now. We're seeing Bayern, Manchester City, Manchester City. They're all using their youth players, and we're not. And we're using our same players over and over again each game. And of course, they're going to get tired, and they won't be performing. And plus, with the injuries, it's not helping. So, yeah, I think we will we will start winning again. I'm pretty sure. We have Lazio on the weekend, mm-hmm. which is a hard game. But I think some of our players will be back. So, yeah. And, Alex, you did mention Juventus have a lot of injuries. Dybala being out, Bonucci being out, Artur being out, Quadrado out, yeah. Chiellini is out. The list goes on as well. <laughs> it's like, almost like Liverpool, mm. but in Italy, almost. Um I think Juventus are in a rebuilding stage. We all can agree. But I saw somewhere uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, but Artur and Rabiot is like players you buy from Gumtree with two, three pounds and you give them Juventus jersey and say to them, go play. Would you describe them as that or not? What? (laughs) What do you mean by the question? Well, I saw somewhere, it's like... The, the way Rabio and Ramsey are playing, both of them, they're sort of like Gumtree players. Like you can buy, you know, if you buy something from Gumtree, it's mm. not the best quality. You know, it's always going to be secondhand quality. And so, when you buy secondhand quality, it never functions the very best. And that's that's what's being implied to Ramsey and Rabio. It's like players you buy from Gumtree, give them a Juve jersey, and you tell them to go play. When you describe them, as yeah, like that, yeah. Like... I mean, I've just said that they they don't do much on the pitch, you know. I think only Chiesa and well, actually, only Chiesa in attack gives a hundred percent. You can you can say Ronaldo scores, but he he's not involved in the game. He's only in the final third, waiting for the perfect ball to to score. So yeah, absolutely, guys. I just want to move on and talk about Syria in general and. I remember discussing yesterday with Edo personally, and we were just having a little discussion, Edo. I think, I'm not sure if you remember or not. But. <laughs> no, I can remember. No, you don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> but. No, no, don't worry. Go ahead. But me and Edo were just discussing, and it's almost like every team has its own problems, right? All the big six teams have problems. And what they've essentially done is every team has just taken advantage of it. There's no one team that's leading it. Do you know what I'm saying, Alex? Like maybe in the past few years, Juventus. Mm-hmm. Were the leading team, but in this stage now, you expect Juventus to be probably yeah, like six, yeah. seven points ahead. You know, be comfortable. But I think everyone can agree right here. All the big teams have had problems with injuries, maybe whether it's personal problems or all sorts of whatever. Every big team has just taken advantage of each other, and it's almost just turned into like a massive race for between first to seventh. Because Lazio, you can't knock them out the race, even though they're thirteen points behind. You know, maybe in two, three games, Inter drop no, points, yeah, Milan yeah. drop points, Juve drop points. 
they're back in the yeah, Champions yeah. League spot. So, what do you think is the main objective for Juve? Concentrate on Serie A or concentrate Champions League? As you as a fan, what would you want? We're, we're 10 points behind Inter right now with a game in hand. So, and right now the league is looking impossible and the only team who can who can um, stop us from winning it is Inter. So, I wouldn't say we have to focus on the yeah. Champions League because we have there's so many better teams who are tactically yeah. and mentally better than us right now. So yeah, I think if we can get a few points from the games against Inter, Milan, Atalanta again, all these teams who are near us, try and win those games and then yeah, I think it will still be on somehow. Yeah, um, just before we wrap up, I would like to just quickly mention in the Portuguese league, uh, first versus third, Sporting against Porto played each other, but unfortunately it was just a no-no draw. So, just to mention that. Interesting. Huh? I'm really, I'm really excited for the second leg. I can't lie. Porto versus Juventus <laughs> might be seeing Juventus, uh, Ronaldo Hattrick again. Anyways. Um, Matt, do you have anything to say? Um, anything to add? No, I think um, yeah, we've we've done a solid job. Obviously, uh, please consider consider uh, following this podcast and following us on different kind of platforms: our YouTube, our Instagram at Total Football Podcast. And yeah, I think that's it from me. Definitely. Ezo, have you got anything to say? Anything to finish off with? Um. No, not really. I think I've said everything I need to. Great. Alex, I know I've been annoying to you, pain in the back. Sorry. Yeah, it's but fine. You no, to add. If you guys don't know, I always like to know <laughs> a little bit here and then. But anyways, uh, thank you guys for tuning in for this episode. It's been a little bit of up and down here and here, a bit of news, nothing a bit consistent, but, you know, we've tried our best. Yeah. Not everyone can be perfect, but remember to tune in in every episode we make. Uh, on Spotify remember to follow us on Spotify and keep your notifications on so you never miss an episode remember to follow us on Instagram as well to follow us on daily updates about our podcast and last but not least remember to follow us on YouTube we're very soon posting a new video uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers you have to subscribe and put your notifications on <laughs> thank you guys for being here today it's been a real pleasure uh, I thank you for all the viewers listening Wish you all the best and my name was Akib and this was the Total Football Podcast.